everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Melissa Dealey. Melissa is an integrative health practitioner who is frustrated that our food industry, medical industry, and pharmaceutical industry are all for profit industries, and therefore decisions are made based on optimizing shareholder return, not optimizing human health. It's a broken system. <laughs> Melissa is passionate about getting the word out there that there is another way for all of you who are struggling to get help with your chronic illness. As an integrative health practitioner, Melissa will help you to get to the root cause of your illness, remove toxicities and support deficiencies identified by functional medicine lab test to help guide your body back into balance at which point it can heal itself just like it would a broken arm or a cut finger. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited too. And I, I, for some reason, my tongue just didn't want to work on any of those words that I was reading, even though I know them all. I, I'm not too sure what that was about today, but that's okay. <laughs> so can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Sure. And as so many of us in the wellness world, and particularly the holistic world, we've gone through our own health struggles. And then once we come out the other side, we realize well, if only I'd had someone to guide me and want to help others. And in my case, it was a bit of twofold and it wasn't really my health struggle, but it was that of my children. So first of all, when they were younger, they both struggled in school and teachers were expressing concern about like handwriting going backwards and inability to focus and pay attention, et cetera. My youngest daughter was putting her head down on her desk and not able to function at all after lunch. And the mainstream medical system was failing me, telling me, oh, all little girls get tummy aches and they didn't have any answers for any of this. And I just kept asking why, which is what I want to encourage all the listeners here to do today as well. Ask why and get a second opinion. And I ended up going to a naturopath and discovering the power of functional medicine food um, or lab testing. And we did some food sensitivity lab testing. Turned out my youngest daughter was intolerant to um, wheat and dairy. And so that's what was causing her tummy aches. And guess what? When I removed those foods from her diet, she could function throughout the day and she wanted to play soccer again and have play dates. And I got my daughter back and my older daughter was intolerant to yeast. And when we removed sugar and yeast from her diet, her handwriting continued to progress as it should age appropriately. And she was able to pay attention in the classroom again. So that was very early stages, like 15 plus years ago. And never back then, I was in the corporate world, never back then did I think I was going to be offering these labs to people today. But the um, more defining event was getting laid off five years ago from my 24 year corporate 
career and not knowing what I was going to do next, but knowing that it needed to be of service and that I never wanted to work for someone else again. And so I opened up to being guided and later that year found a company specializing in a brain supplementation. And I thought, well, that's interesting because look at all the Alzheimer's and dementia people are struggling with now. And I realized I've never been taught how to look after my brain. Like what more can I do to ensure I don't end up with Alzheimer's and dementia? So here was something of interest. Four months later, my first daughter got a concussion. Two months later, my second daughter got a concussion. When I got the phone call about my second daughter, I was driving and I literally looked up at the sky and said, really, this is how you show me my path? Stop taking out my children. (laughs) So now I was going to all of their appointments because I wasn't working full time yet and trying to figure out how to help them heal. And I had this amazing brain supplementation and kind of like my own little lab at home to test these things. And the great news is they both fully recovered. But I came out of it going, huh, what do all the other people do that don't have a mom that isn't working full time that can go to every appointment with them and keep them on task on their healing protocol? And I realized there was a need for that and that I felt like I was the person to do it. And so I went back to school and got my health coaching certification. And that led me into my integrative health practitioner certification, which was kind of the next piece for helping people get to that root cause, because that gave me access to the functional medicine labs that let us see what's going on inside the body to truly understand what is going on for you personally and create that personalized healing protocol, as opposed to just throwing a pill at it that masks the pain, but doesn't allow for true healing. Wow. Yeah. It's so interesting that you're talking about that. Cause I was just saying the other day, my memory is getting so bad. Like, and I'm, you know, I'm relatively young. I'm in my fifties, you know, but my memory is going and I'm, I'm really struggling with it. And I know it's food related because there are days that are worse than others. And yeah, so we might, we might have to talk. Um, <laughs> might. And you are young. I'm in my fifties too. And my grandmother lived until she was 101 and she had all her cognitive function and lived by herself until she was 101. And I've always wow. said, when I grow up, I want to be just like her. But of course, yeah. she was raised, you know, several eras before my time, right? And she was born in Christchurch, New Zealand, and they lived off the food they grew on their own property, right? I was raised in Tokyo, Japan in the 70s with, you know, factories spitting out crap into the environment. So like, what? is inside me that impacts my future versus her, right? So this is Mm. all the work that I do today is to help people understand this and be able to optimize their health, which we haven't been taught to do through mainstream medicine or education system. And so that has become my mission and my passion in life is to let people know you really do have another choice and there is another way. Yeah, yeah. So, so then what does healing with creativity mean to you in what you do? Right. So it's interesting because I think healing with creativity is being open to alternative healing modalities. For the most part, as a society, we have been taught you get sick, you go to the doctor and they make you better. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple statements wrong that I don't like there. One of them is when we give up our power for someone else to make us better, 
and we're not vested in our healing, we're actually not as prone to heal. We have to want to heal. We have to believe we can heal and we have to be part of that process. So that's one piece of it. It's just being open and being part of it. And then the second piece is, as I said earlier, keep asking why. You know, that why is a question of curiosity. And don't just accept what you're being told, especially if in your body, you know, that's not true. Our body talks to us and we need to get back to listening to it. And I have a frustration when doctors tell people that have gone to them looking for help, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. And I hear that over and over again. And so it makes the person feel like I'm making this all up or there's nothing wrong with me. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And so that just makes their symptoms get worse and -hmm. their body, instead of whispering at them, starts to yell at them in order to make them change some behaviors or change the way they're eating, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we need to be listening to our body and our intuition because we are our own best doctor. We've lived in our body our entire life and we know when something's wrong. So when seeking help, if somebody is telling you there's nothing wrong, then again, get a second opinion, start asking why, start getting curious and invite in the creativity in how else you can seek answers instead of just there being one way, which is the doctor makes you better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think especially as women, we come across this because the medical system is very masculine based. I have friends who are doctors and, and they're now looking at, you know, the vaccines and things like that and how the doses are made for, you know, white men of this age of, you know, this weight, all of that. And so different ethnicities react differently or have different diseases, you know, women react differently or have different needs. And there's so many things that are out of alignment. So just relying on the medical system, because I'm, you know, Western medicine is great, um, but just relying on Western medicine is not enough in my belief system, right? right. So I, I totally agree that there's, there's something more. And then to question, always question. Yes. Because, you know, explaining to my young male doctor that something's not right with my, you know, menopause it's, you know, he's read it in a book. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And an exam. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. a couple of, a couple of points that you made there in terms of Western medicine is so male dominated and it's, you know, whether it's vaccines or other medications and doses, et cetera, et cetera, it is all based on research based on the male body because mm-hmm. their body is easier to base that research on and gives them more consistent results faster than us women who have a 28 day cycle and our hormones changing all the time. And if you've got, you know, 2000 women in a sample, well, some of them are going to be in the, you know, first five days of their cycle. And some of them are going to be in the middle 10 and some of them in the last five, et cetera, et cetera. And that's going to skew results, right? So the medical industry is just like, eh, it's too hard just going to focus on men. But what is the outcome of that in terms of now we're giving these medications to women without ever having tested, right? Or, you know, cultural differences, et cetera, et cetera, are all a huge factor. 
But, and as you say, it's, I, it's not the doctor's fault either that the system is so broken today. The doctors all went to years and years of medical school and trained and interned and all of that because they had a passion to help people as well. The problem is, is the mm -hmm. system that we have today is failing them. And that's because the system in the last 30 year has absolutely become a monetized system. And it's all mm -hmm. about getting more people to take more drugs for the rest of their life to make more money for shareholders over here. And that's the downfall. And that's my frustration, as you said at the very beginning. And our yeah. acute care yeah. system in the West is fabulous. You know, I don't think there's any better acute care system. But to your point about, you know, different types of medicine, my training as an integrative health practitioner is based on Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, orthomolecular medicine, which is the study of supplements and herbs and natural ingredients for the healing protocols. And it was created by a doctor who was very ill in his late teens and early 20s, Dr. Cabral, and Western medicine failed him. So he went on a mission to figure out what is the best medicine in the world, right? And after training in all of these different modalities, he's realized there is no one best medicine, but I'm going to take the best of each of them to create a really great integrative health practitioner program. And then his mm -hmm. practice got so busy, he couldn't do it all himself, couldn't clone, clone himself yet. So he created this training and certification program to have other people be able to do the same work using his protocols, et cetera. So yeah, it brings in a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then for yourself, what, what is your favorite creative healing modality for yourself? I, for myself, you know, it's about balancing um, the stress. We all have stress in our life. And when I step into a place of practicing some kind of meditation or yoga every single day, that is how I care for myself in a proactive way so that I'm not getting sick. And I love both of those because there's so many different ways that you can um, experience both, whether it's guided meditation, whether it's silent meditation, whether it's a yin yoga class, a hatha, vinyasa, whatever that is. And interestingly, through COVID over the summer, I experienced a beautiful way um, to practice my yoga, I just rediscovered my back deck. And I would take my mat up there and practice yoga to the sound of the birds in the trees and the little chipmunks throwing um, pine cones down on my deck. <laughs> and there was nothing better than the sound of nature as I practiced my yoga and just allowed myself that chance to breathe and calm. Because as I said, we all have stress in our life, but how do we balance that out? Yeah. So it's a proactive healing. And that's so important. You know, you talked about COVID and the, and the changes and it's true. I started my meditation and journaling class in April because with everything that was going on and people were just like out of sync and didn't have, you know, a routine and, and didn't quite know what to do with themselves. So I started my journaling and meditation class and it has been a lifesaver for myself and the women who take it, right? Because it, there's just, it's a great way to start the day and just, you know, breathing and thinking and not thinking and <laughs> letting yes. things go. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I love that you said that because early in COVID, I was doing some daily lives to support people that were in panic mode and overwhelm. And again, using meditation and teaching different forms of meditation just in 10 minutes to show people how easy it can be. If you only have five minutes, you can still step away from whatever's causing that overwhelm and breathe and bring your stress level down. And then journaling, I use a lot as well at both in the evening and in the morning, kind of bookending my day and recommend it to clients from the perspective of a brain dump so that we're letting our stresses go before bed so that our brain can just let it go. We can have a good night's sleep without having it churning around in our head to in the morning, setting intentions for the day. And uh, yeah, it's very, very powerful. Very powerful. I agree. I agree. So then what would you say is your greatest accomplishment to date? You know, I think it is actually completing my integrative health practitioner certification. Mm -hmm. um, I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. And as I alluded to earlier, it really just took me to that next level of being able to help the people that I work with and expand my reach of the people that I can help to that group of people struggling with chronic illness that are being told by mainstream medicine that here's a drug, you're going to have to take it for the rest of your life. You know, there's nothing we can do to help you. When in reality, when we just take a step back and we ask why, and we look at the gut and we see what's going on inside and we rebalance the gut, we can help people heal. So it's incredibly powerful work. And so, yeah, completing that program. Oh, yeah. took a lot of time and effort and study on my part, um, but it's been so worth it because I'm already able to make a difference in many people's lives. And the clients that I'm working with today are all doing so well. And that just motivates me to keep going as I see with each client, how they're benefiting from these protocols and programs. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that the change of diet and the supplements that you use would be a big part of that, but do you think mindset would be an important part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, as I said earlier, you have to believe you can heal before you can heal. So mm -hmm. mindset is a huge part of that. And when I work with people, I look at the whole being. So I'm looking at body and brain. I'm looking at your sleep habits, which is rest. I have a bright protocol. So rest is sleep. Intake is your food and hydration, your water, etc. And then gut health. And then heart is that community and who you're connected to, you know, love of self relationships. And then T is time to de-stress and time for self. And in all of that is that mindset piece. And the, sometimes we're working with shifting beliefs, you know, long held beliefs from childhood that are so deeply buried in our subconscious. We're not even really aware of them until you start working with a coach and, you know, figuring that out. And again, very powerful work that allows people to move forward where until now they have been stuck. And the other area that I work with people on, and it's always my starting point is looking at their toxic load. And so from a lifetime of eating and drinking and having toxins get inside us through our waterways and airways, our liver and kidneys are getting bogged down. And I liken them to our trash cans and we'll often ask people, are your trash cans overflowing? And of course, I'm not talking about the ones on the street. I'm talking about your liver and kidneys. And we need to get those emptied because we need the toxins to go back out of our body. 
over time, human evolution of the body is very, very slow. And we have over 100,000 man-made chemicals in our environment today that we did not have 50 to 60 years ago. And our body just doesn't know how to keep up because we haven't changed that rapidly. And it's not only toxins coming in from the outside, but our mindset and our own thoughts can also be toxic, right? And our own stress levels can create toxic toxicity in our body and lack of sleep. So I work with people as a starting point to first of all, discover their toxic load and remove those toxins. And then we move into any lab testing and healing protocols once those trash cans have been emptied. Because if you think of an overflowing trash can and you put stuff on top, it just spills out the side, right? It has nowhere to go. And that's what would happen if we put healing protocols into our body, it just wouldn't necessarily get to the cells that we want it to be getting to. But if we empty the trash cans, then it can move freely through the body and to the cells that we're looking to help heal. So it's, it's really important to look at mindset and look at our toxicity levels. And yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I talked to so many different health practitioners in different fields and I think all of us, say mindset is sort of the number one because if you don't overcome mindset there's nothing else you can do right and so or work on mindset maybe not overcome but work on mindset you know because if you don't believe that you're going to heal or you don't believe you can do something it's true whatever you believe is true right right exactly that's saying by henry ford whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right Right. I love that quote. And it's so very true. And that's where the importance of working with a coach is so critical, because if you could have done it by yourself, you already would have. Right. Yeah. And it's that you're coming up against your own blocks and you may not know what they are, because, as I said, they're so deeply buried in the subconscious mind. And so it's working with someone else that can draw those out and shift those mindsets to what you actually want them to be, appreciate them because they served you at some point in your life, but now they're holding you back. And then let's shift them to how they can serve you now to get you moving forward again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's so important. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, I think I know what your answer will be, but what would it be? <laughs> I think you probably words in your mouth. <laughs> and really what that is, is that the mind shift into being proactive in our health, as opposed to taking it for granted, mm-hmm. which is what we have largely done until now with this mindset of, if I get sick, I go to the doctor, they make me better. Therefore, I don't have to worry about my health until I get sick. I would rather see people mm-hmm. learn to be proactive in their health from a very young age because health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. You can't build a business. You can't raise a family. You can't do all the things that you were uniquely put on this earth to do if you don't have your health. And how much time is wasted, you know, lying around feeling sick? Even if you have the flu, for instance, or you have a cold and you feel like crap, you know, you feel like crap, you're not as productive and you're wishing you could be better, right? So take that and multiply it by 10, 20, 100 if it becomes a long-term chronic illness. Don't even let it get there. If we're proactive in preventing that by learning all of these lifestyle factors that impact our health, 
and the access to functional medicine labs to check in and see when our body's out of balance to bring it back into balance sooner so we don't get sick or as sick and we have less downtime. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because the doctors in ancient China did not get paid if their villagers got sick because it was considered they hadn't done their job. Now imagine that. <laughs> That's what I would love to see us go back to is that kind of a place where our medical system is that proactive for people. Wow. I can't even imagine the difference that would make because our system is built on making sure people get sick and stay sick. Exactly. So yeah. Wow. I'm just getting that's a, that's through my whole body <laughs> through all of this because yeah, the truth, exactly. yes, like, the truth has been spoken. <laughs> yeah, it's really quite yeah. shocking and very sad the state that we've come to now yeah. in the last 20 to 30 years. It's it's almost an abuse of trust, right? In we're not teaching people how to be proactive in their health. And we continue to tell them, go to the doctor, they'll make you better. They're not making you better. Yeah. They're making you addicted or to mask the symptoms. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they've done, they've done a lot of good things, a lot of necessary things that um, they may have in turn caused that they needed to do necessary things. (laughs) I won't get into that, but you know, Modern medicine is amazing, but if we had been looking after our health all along, would they have even needed to make these advancements, right? Would they have needed to, to do all of these different drugs and, and things like that? Exactly. It is. Yeah. I don't want to bash the modern medicine, but I do, I do think that our, our, culture and our society is very much driven by the almighty dollar and wherever there can be a buck to be made. And some people will probably be really upset with me for saying this, but I have five generations of breast cancer in my family, right? So we did the genetic testing and markers are there and all of that. And so they wanted me to have a, a, the double mastectomy and remove my breasts. And, and I was all gung, well, I wasn't gung ho, but I was like, okay. And then I went to visit a medicine llama that was visiting our uh, local area. And I sat with him and was like, no, this is not, this is um, for me, everybody has to make their own decision, but for me, it was not the right decision. And I decided to work on my own internal healing and breaking that ancestral uh, cord, if you will, Mm-hmm. so that I did not bring that forward to myself or my daughters. And I did a lot of work around that, healing work around that. And then I refuse, and this is where people might get angry with me, I refuse to um, give money to the Breast Cancer Society or any of the um, charities that are collecting for, for breast cancer because it has become such, in my mind, a moneymaker and there's no reason for them to find a cure for it, right? Because the money, it's such a huge moneymaker to yeah. keep us sick, right? And I know this is my own personal belief system. I don't want to put that on anybody else, but um, that's how I feel about it. And I feel as someone who's come from 
five generations of breast cancer, I have a stake in saying, you know, my own truth in it. Absolutely. I'm not saying I know nothing about it and this is what I think. I'm right. saying I absolutely know everything about it or a lot about it. And this is my truth. Right. So, and to each and their own. To each their own. And as you say, everybody has to make the right decision for them. But I read a book recently that um, was about breast cancer and how to avoid it. And I think it was 12 things your doctor won't tell you in how to avoid it. And one of the stats in there was that a woman with breast cancer is worth $180,000 to the, you know, medical industry. And a woman without breast cancer is worth nothing. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, again, a different way to think about it, right? And I also learned that thermography, which many people have never even heard of, versus mammogram. So I no longer do mammograms because when I learned that the force of those plates squishing our breasts, which not only is uncomfortable, but if you were to have cancer cells in there, it can squish them and burst them and then spread it elsewhere in the body. And by the time you have a mammogram, if it's detecting cancer, it's well established in your body. But mm -hmm. a thermography detects a pinhead size cancer cell using heat, so it's non-invasive and it's non-painful, so therefore much earlier along. So you have much more time to do something about it. These were both developed in about in the late 1960s, but mammograms got pushed forth and thermography was squashed and said, oh, it's not really reliant and data, it's not accurate, etc." But what it was is that it was detecting it earlier so women didn't actually get breast cancer mm -hmm. yeah and I, I think I did not mean to go off on this tangent but um, I think about you know the medicine being so masculine and yet the invasive procedures that are experienced the majority are experienced by women right so this is you know like mammograms could you imagine if a man had to do something similar <laughs> with other body parts? Um, you know, more ouch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's pretty painful. And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, I think, no, you know, birth control, all the side effects, you know, they try to introduce one and it's got too many side effects for men. And so they squash it and yeah, no women can suffer. It's okay. And it's <laughs> I'm not beating up birth control. I think it's very necessary, but you know, why, why are all the, it's okay if women suffer in the medical system. Okay. I probably should not be going down this road. <laughs> and you know what? I've never, I haven't really thought about that, but coming back to your point earlier that for so many years, it was so male dominated. And so, you know, just men making decisions that don't relate to women's experiences, right? Yeah. And don't fact, don't take that into account. They're really just looking at, you know, either numbers and stats and results and all of that, and not looking at the person that has to undergo these treatments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and just because we're on this, we were talking about breast cancer. So when I went for my, um, uh, consult with the plastic surgeon and they talk about the procedure and it's 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 horrific it's um 
I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's butchering. It's right. butchering as far as I'm concerned with what they do and how they do it. And yet if you want larger breasts, they can make it so there's not a seam anywhere, right? Like you can barely see what's happened. And it's like, hmm, what's that about? And it, I mean, I was seeing a woman surgeon, so it's not like just the, but it's just the way that the um, medical system has evolved what's important versus what's not, in my opinion, right? In my opinion. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, we went off on a whole tangent there. Um, creativity, <laughs> healing. <laughs> creative discussions around healing <laughs> well and there's so many aspects to healing and then there's creativity is literally in everything that we do right so how we look at healing what we do for our own healing all of those things are different and that's why I interview different types of people because it's not about just painting a picture and feeling better right creativity is in everything we do but it's about that self-care as well and um, really looking after ourselves in what way works for us, not in what way works for other people, but in what way works best for us, right? Very, and so it, it, it's in everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think looking at different healing modalities, um, like what you do and, and different things is really important. And having these discussions, even though, you know, they may not be popular, you know, I'm sure there's going to be quite a few <laughs> upset women with me, you know, not supporting breast cancer research, but it's my belief you know, I support a lot of charities. That's just not one that I choose to, to support. Um, but everybody has different reasons for doing things. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where you know, a personalized health or wellness protocol is so important because each of our bodies is so different. And right from birth and the development of that microbiome, and it comes back to even the different types of food that our bodies can eat, both culturally and just that makeup and the health of our gut, our AKA microbiome and mm -hmm. understanding that individuality that we have is so important because then we can also heal. And, you know, there's so many diets out there too, right? Oh, the keto diet's the latest craze or the paleo diet or this or that. And they're like, oh, it worked for them. So it must be going to work for me. And that is not necessarily the case. And I like to say there's as many diets as there are people on the planet because each of us has to figure out our own unique way to eat so that it serves our body yeah. and our microbiome. And it may not be one way. It may be a combination of ways, right? So- and it changes yeah. through our life, right? In our senior years, we're certainly not eating the way we did as a teenager. And as a teenager, we weren't, we're not eating the way we did as a baby, right? So adapting throughout life and understanding that and just all the learning that comes around that, the nutrition, the, you know, how many myths are there out there about nutrition, et cetera, is, you know, breaking through what's real and what's not real and getting that information to people is really important to me because I feel like we're bombarded with magazine covers and in the news, and this is the latest and greatest, and that's the latest and greatest. But so we don't know what's real anymore. Mm -hmm. And there isn't, you know, that mainstream education system providing people answers either. So as an integrative health practitioner, when I work with clients, that's what I want to be giving and providing them. And I'm actually creating a 2021 health kickstart program for January that- okay includes a detox, as I was talking to the importance of earlier. And then it's a four week program that also walks people through 
all of these different things, you know, where is sugar sneaking into their life? And, you know, myth busters around nutrition. What have you been told that you believe to be true that may, we now know may not be true. For instance, we were all told eat low fat and eat no fat. And then where did that lead us? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as looking at you know, individual diets for people and how to figure out what your body truly likes and doesn't like, et cetera, to start getting this education out there so people can be more empowered and more proactive in their own health journey and have that information for the rest of their life and to share with their loved ones. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So we'll make sure that we have links to your site on there. Um, we had talked about, I don't know if you had a free item for for our listeners or not, if you wanted to offer them something? Sure. Well, actually what I do offer is I offer everyone a complimentary 30 minute session with me. So if they're struggling with any aspect of their health and they're just not sure where to turn that I can drop the link or send it to you and you can drop it in and they can book a 30 minute session with me so that I can understand what they're struggling with and they can understand if I'm the right person to help them on their healing journey. Yeah. Great. We'll make sure that we add that link and I'll get up from you. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Uh, great conversation. I think uh, I got off track from what I normally talk about, but I think it was an important conversation nonetheless. So my listeners uh, may come back next week. They may not. We'll see. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm true. <laughs> Yes, you should always speak your truth, right? We all should. And thank you for having me. I really appreciated it. And you mentioned earlier the importance of self-care. And I have a favorite quote around self-care, which I only learned since moving into the wellness field. And I wish I knew when my kids were little, but I now practice it on a regular basis. And it's simply that self-care is the most selfless act because it allows you to show up and give the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. I love that. I love that. That's so important. So important. So important. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, um, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Do you know about the courses and programs that we offer at Creative View? Meditation and journaling in our morning calm program. Step into your authentic self is a program to help you heal from past traumas and start believing in yourself. So you can be your healthiest, happiest you. We even have a Healing with Creativity monthly membership where you get healing projects twice a month, plus so much more. Keep watch as we're always adding more classes and programs. Plus, we offer free challenges, access to summits and retreats, as we love sharing. Click below to see what we have happening now.